0: Elite Physique University, your source for all things physique enhancement.
1: All right, stop, collaborate, and listen. Jeff Black is here, and I got something to spit and something they'll grab a hold of you tightly, flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Whatever, we'll stop well, that's on you. So here we are. This is Jeff Black, and it is an excellence cartel takeover of Elite Physique University. I am joined by the mighty John Gorman, Gramps, Jason Theobald, but he's beautiful, and then the sleek and sexy Jeffrey Sue.
2: What's up?
1: Today, we are going to talk to you about why you would want to quit your job and become a full-time coach, because each of us had jobs before we started chasing our passion. But I want to start this the right way. I got a white trash energy drink. (laughs) <laughs> boom bitches all right well welcome <laughs> to the elite physique university i'm gonna start with jeffrey sue like i always do sue oh, yeah. how's your hamstring routine going and how's your-
3: uh,
2: man you know i had like two awesome leg workouts in the last like week or so since you know taking you know a week and a half off back in the gym and i've been killing it jeff killed it on the hack squat i got four plates per side on the cybex hack for a solid you know a couple sets the of thing reps. is
3: from your rear by they look good. Yeah, but from when I turn to but the, from side, the side, though, I don't know where they go.
2: They don't matter.
3: Maybe maybe I'm not posing the right way. Like how oh. do they look so good from the back, but then they just fade? I don't know. Oh, um,
2: I don't know, man. Um your rear I'm buy sure. looks great. Your rear Thanks, buy dude. looks great. I appreciate it. Um, you know, business is great, you know, new clients coming in almost like every day it seems I'm getting inquiries now um, a, a lot of hormonal health problems yeah. that I, I'm fixing. And now I'm trying to get real good at it. So I don't have to look up reference ranges and, and things like that. I, I, like, I was talking to Jason today. I was like, I just gotta know this shit. I got to fucking like memorize, you know, the DHEA ranges and like T4 and
3: T3 and once you have all that, you can just walk so through it. And then
2: I can move faster. Yeah. Right. Um, I got a prequalification for a, a mortgage, like literally like a minute before we start recording. Uh, which is freaking awesome. Um, other than that, you know, life is good, you know? I got
1: a um, a chart that I built completely out with all the ranges I can send you if you want.
2: Yeah, hey, I would appreciate that, you know? Yeah, know I just split
1: means. screen when I go through the labs. Yeah. I just split screen on my Mac and I'm able to just go right down and, and yeah. knock everything out and write my notes while I'm doing it. So yeah. it's very helpful. John Gorman, you're not the host today, buddy. It's me. But how's your last seven days been?
0: Well, here we go. I had to crack one up, you know. I don't know if we can toast through the screen here, but we'll oh, get a little toast. little toast yeah. going there, on. We go. oh, there we go. There we uh, go. Dude, I think my cortisol levels drop like tenfold because I don't have to do shit. I can I can sit here and do emails while you guys talk and bullshit. I mean, I don't have show notes in front of me. It's uh, it's awesome, man. But uh, but in all seriousness, first of all, Jeff, congratulations on pre-qualification for the house because Thanks. I mean that that's a big deal. And that kind of ties into what we're talking about today, you know, quitting your full-time job to become yeah. you know, a coach or just something in the, in the fitness industry full-time. And that's a big moment. You know, I've, I've been doing this since 2008 and I just bought my first house that I'm sitting in right now last year. And um, you know, it was, it was a big deal it's a big moment for me. So happy early congratulations on that. I know you're Thanks. looking at houses and stuff, but that's yep. kind of cool um new for me on my end is um the hormone optimizer product that i just just got done um finishing unpacking is getting ready to go live tonight so it's something i it's i'm probably more excited about that product than anything else that i've ever built a ton of them came in today and it's it's something i built for my clients it's a natural test booster so it's and i have a history of building those i did that with nrgx back in the day it's called max test and it's aspartic acid based but it's not i built it in a way to where it would not just boost testosterone through things like um de-aspartic acid and dim and ashwagandha and boron like things my clients been taking separately from all these different companies since 2015 i decided to try and put it into an all in one product to not only just boost testosterone but to do things like try and lower um, cortisol just a little bit so it's it's a it's a good ashwagandha is a pretty badass uh product i mean jason you've got it two two or three of your products if i remember i i'll
3: even use it like piecemeal like separate you know in high doses me too and with athletes when I need it yeah
0: yeah so it's this this athlete. started out you know it was it's seven capsules now but it started out at like 10 because I had so much shit put in there. Cause I went back to my days of max test and I had macro root and like all this other stuff in there and we had to keep whittling it down, whittling it down, but finally got a good product and, and we're going to launch it at 39 bucks. Um, and it, it's, you know, I got tired of test boosters in the industry, you know, other companies, one that I was with, everybody knows, you know, adding things like stems to their products. So you kind of feel them and that stuff shouldn't be in test boosters and it pissed me off i'm like fuck it i'm going to build one that's going to be better it's only going to be 39 bucks so i'm i'm super excited and we're about to launch that actually as soon as we get off the podcast here i'm going to turn it on shopify and it's ready to go man so uh that's that's been my week that's what i've been mostly excited about besides you know we just did a podcast on the excellence cartel covering keto so if you guys listening haven't listened to the excellence cartel go back and listen to that and i got to guest host that that show and now jeff's here Trying to see if he can do a better job than me of hosting this show, which it's already done,
1: brother. All those people <laughs> trying to me, be like John did a better job hosting. I'm like, well, fuck John. I do more drugs than that guy. So
3: it's not, it's not even well, like the,
1: for you know.
0: <laughs> the best part is like, so some people are gonna be watching this video on YouTube. If if they go back and watch, as soon as you start rapping, Jason disappears, man. His head goes off the screen. He's like trying to hide, not laugh. So probably the highlight of the show, but. Yeah, man, you can you can go ahead and and take it from here, man. What's what's going on? I gotta hear what's going
1: on with Gramps first. You know, he's beautiful I mean, little he's buck out there in the wild. Yeah, he's a right. beautiful buck in the wild.
3: Man, how's it
1: going out there in the wild right now? Jason? It's
3: it's going, man. Things are going good. It's just a really busy time. Um, I moved Saturday um, into my new place, and um, there's a lot to get together like to move your house in a pretty quick time um yeah. you yeah. know like there's a ton of appointments i'm over there all the time meeting the cable guy meeting the blinds woman, meeting uh i mean it's just it's just a lot dude um but yeah it's been good and then i decided to go ahead and you know compete because that was a good idea to diet and have to move a house and still tend to clients so.
1: just stay numb man who wants to have feelings <laughs> in 2020 anyway fuck feelings in 2020 <laughs>
3: so you know i thought that'd be a good idea um so i'll be in tampa Um, i was already gonna be there with clients that's why i hopped in and just kind of show clients like one of the things that always gets me is when you know clients get into a tough situation and they just throw their nutrition out the window and i kind of want to prove that like that's the time you double down you know you control what you control and you know getting fat and in a bad situation is worse than just being in a bad situation you know what i mean um so Then on the new ethics front, we've got two new products launching. We've been kind of playing with it online, so I'm not going to say exactly what they are, but I'm pretty excited for them. Um, I'm going to add for sure one of them right into my into my stack right away. Um, But yeah, so that'll be coming down here in the next week. Uh, We'll be we'll be uh, disclosing what the two products are. And then we've got a couple other cool ones coming down the pipeline, my joint formula. I can't say mine, Vince then helped on it too. So I don't want to say it like that, but I was the big pusher for a joint formula and it's been amazing. It's, I've been uh, testing it, uh, research and development. It's felt great on my joints. It's kind of set me back 10, 15 years. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. I don't think there's anything else to report. Hey, I was gonna ask you real quick.
0: you know, it looks like you're making changes daily. I did talk you into sending me that ass pick that, you know, I complained about on the excellence yeah, cartel. It, it was hey, a nice ass, wasn't it? wasn't it? Hey, I mean, you're – dude, you're, you know, you asked, and I said probably a couple pounds away, three max, like hammies are popping, glute strations from the side, and the back double by – I mean, you're, you're pretty much right there, man. You're going to be good to go. When, when are you, uh, when are you thinking about filling out or you think you're going to do like, a I'm going to,
3: I'm going to probably just do like, honestly, a real slow one. I'm not even going to like try to carve up hard. I'm just going to add like up. 30 or 40 a day. And if I up my fats, I'll fill out. Um, and I won't need a ton of carbs and that's probably gonna be my approach something like that well, look at it this way i didn't even know i was gonna compete so i booked my flight on thursday and i get my boys on wednesday anyway so i can't even leave wednesday but on thursday that should be the day i'm loading i gotta fly through the airports and then get to tampa and get weighed in and then i compete friday morning so <laughs> you know it'd have been better to be there wednesday and be chilling thursday but i'm just gonna crush Cordys all day i'm gonna just have it like in an iv <laughs> and
2: to to. Take the whole bottle. do
3: you
1: mean me to like mail you but not really mail you in quotations some good cush to take you
3: through this <laughs> i'll take anything i can get all right
1: so if you guys are listening jason will take anything he could get so you guys take that from what
3: it's worth
1: um my last few days uh, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. my last few days in the excellence uh cartel since we wrapped that up tuesday A little rough for me personally. Uh, I'm pretty open and honest about uh, my battle with depression and mental health. And um, had a little bit of a real bad day Wednesday. And I started, uh, I'd already planned to do counseling today for this EDMR. So I went and did that. And uh, it was the first time I was actually able to sit with myself in a massive amount of anger and be able to be just still and kind of like understand it. So I left man and I was exhausted. I had to come back here and take like a 2-hour nap. Like it Oh was, wow. Damn. Yeah, and I've never really had that cuz you know like people go into counseling and I've always gone for like me but I'm not that kind of person. I'm not a I'm not narcissistic in that term. So I started this time I'm going in with the idea of doing it for my kids and doing it for those i love because you know it's weird for me when uh, the way i was raised and what i went through like when my kids hug me it's very foreign to me i'm always like oh okay thanks like and, and i love them but it's just like i wasn't raised that way and then some of the trials tribulations i had to go through kind of knocked that feeling component out so this therapy i read about it laura conlin who's a friend of all of ours recommended this book the body keeps score and i read it and uh one of the tall tale signs is if you look at pictures from your childhood and you can't recognize yourself um and i can't like i look at that that kid and i'm like i'm not that pussy you know like and i just like remember like how scared and all that stuff so it was very interesting and i i hope it's it's going to be good for me and that's at least something i haven't tried and I'm willing to try anything to always be better. And I think that that's the one thing I always try to encourage people with mental health. It is a journey, much like your physical health. It just doesn't, you just don't go to a counselor a few times and just dust it off and you're, you're better. You have to kind of keep going and keep working at it. And there's always stuff to dig through. But uh, after we have that depressing little note right there, otherwise, I'm going to send you all an ass picture of me. Um, and then now let's get into the topic at hand. So every one of us who's sitting here, us four beautiful men, we have all had full time jobs, and for whatever reason, there was a calling that got us into becoming a coach. There was a moment that we just said, Hey, you know what? We're better help, we're better use, we're more helpful to people in this capacity. And we set down that road. So, how I run a show, <clears throat> I'm not nearly as prepared as John. We normally do it very organically, but I have notes. So we have stuff like multiple revenue streams, sponsorships, your why, cash flow, are you a leader, finding out about yourself, like strength assessment. So um, we have some ways to kind of keep us guided. But how I want to begin this is I want to begin with Jeffrey Sue, because I always begin with Sue. (laughs) Sue, what were you doing before you decided to become a full-time coach and what made you quit? Because there are a lot of people that we talk to on both podcasts who they want to become a full time coach, but you know, they don't know like the client number they're looking at. They don't know what sign from the heavens of the sun parting
2: and everything yeah.
1: else in between to make the jump. So what was that like for you?
2: Um, well, I went, so I'll begin with my undergrad education. So I have a formal education in finance. I have my MBA, but that was obtained later on, but I went to school um, at Bentley university in Waltham, Massachusetts. I majored in finance and um, when I was in college, I wanted to go into investment banking. You know, I, I saw, you know, American Psycho. I watched Wall Street. And I wanted to be like Gordon Gekko. I, you know, I really wanted that lifestyle. And then I realized that, um, you know, very, very few people made it into that inner circle out there in New York City. And uh, I had friends who did it, who hated it. I ended up taking a career path in corporate finance, which was much less stressful, still stressful, but not as bad as um, getting into the investment side of finance. And I hated every job that I worked at. I worked (laughs) in retail, I worked in healthcare, I worked for several very large companies, and I hated every job, and I butt heads with every uh, boss that I had. I hated all my coworkers, no. I was just miserable. I was just miserable, miserable, miserable. And I hated my work. Um, the hours are crazy. I was just really unhappy. And I was like, is this gonna be the rest of my life? Cause I can't fucking take it anymore. Past like, you know, four or five years out of school. I was like, what am I gonna do with myself? And I just like loved fitness and bodybuilding. I couldn't wait to get off work to get into the gym cause I, I felt like myself. And I was like, something's gotta change. And so I just started helping some people on the side and it kind of grew from there. So I'll leave it at that for now.
1: Jason. Yeah. What about you, man? We all know, well, most everyone knows that you're a lawyer and you just used to go charge Capitol Hill in all your cases. So, uh, give us a little bit about how all that went down when you decided to make that jump. Cause I remember that was a big decision for you because you always played it kind of safe to some degree yep. from what you said.
3: Yeah. Um, so Yeah. Uh, my formal education is in economics. I have a bachelor's in that, but I also have a bachelor's in sociology. Um, and then I went to law school. Um, so I have a JD as well. And, um, I practiced as an in-house counsel general counsel, whatever you want to call it for a $50 million group of companies. They're all family owned and operated by brothers ranging from a brewery that I helped file the work for to, um, direct mail offerings, they owned a ton of stuff, um, even a, a, a company that competed with uh, Perimeter Tech and the dog fence, it was just an all around, and it was a cool job. And you know, I, I, was, I was the direct um, liaison or the direct right hand man to the CEO, you know, for many years, and that was fun. Um, but you know, I was always getting asked to help people um, with their bodybuilding and their diets. And so I started doing that on the side and I wasn't charging people. And, you know, Steph was like, man, you're really good at this. I bet you can make money doing this. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, you're probably right. And so we set up a little business and then it just grew from there. And way back in the day, sounding dating myself, but I would just have people come to the house on Sundays and I'd work all Sunday. So I was still a lawyer, but I'd have appointments starting at 8 a.m. with nutrition clients all the way till 6 p.m. And, um, you know, that was going cool. And then kind of the like message boards were blowing up and, you know, I got to online coaching and I got rid of the, you know, the, the in-person stuff because I didn't want to spend all Sunday meeting with people. And as it giant just grew, I was still a lawyer. So I got to a point where I'm having, you know, 150 clients, but I'm trying to still go in and work an office job and be good at that too. And, you know, as I got more into coaching and I got really good at it, I stopped giving as much effort to the legal job. And, you know, people see that. You know, the CEO saw it. And so, about 15 years into it, um, him and I had a heart to heart. And he just kind of said, I don't think your heart's totally here. Uh, You can work from home and bill me. Um, We're going to, you know, do it that way. And I said, you know what? I I agree with you. I'm not here 100%. My business, um, all that's, what I need to be doing. And he's like, yeah, I, I agree. And so we parted ways in 2017, but you're right. I held on way longer than I needed to. Um, you know, I, I, but I wanted that steady income. I wanted the benefits. And so, you know, all that, and it wasn't a hard job and I liked it. It just wasn't my passion. Um, so, you know, I could have quit probably eight years prior to be honest with you. Um, Scooby prep was making plenty. Um, but I just, uh, I held on long. I needed to, and my stress was high. Um, I wasn't as happy of a person, um, as I am now. So quitting for me was amazing. And I was able to, within like a year, triple, uh, my revenue, my, my, you know, total revenue per year, it tripled within a year, um, by doubling down, just doubling down on what I do best. And so, I, I was fortunate to have a six-figure job while I was building this and I probably held on to it too long. Um but that's kind of where my story and I'll stop there for now.
1: John
0: Gorbin. Yeah Best man. for oh, you, big daddy. It, it, you know mine mine was different. You know mine was interesting. I um I was working at the park board. Is ours boring? Do what? No, like mine's like <laughs> Like, mine, different, mine's, different. What,
3: mine's real interesting. Like, I don't know about those dudes.
0: <laughs> no, like mine, uh, I guess thinking back, like, I have like this really weird route through what I want to do um because I've done so many different things. Like, I just couldn't figure out what the fuck I wanted to do. And all of a sudden, I fell in love with bodybuilding. And it just ended up me being so passionate about bodybuilding that I was able to just kind of steer my way away from what I wanted to do. But I just kind of have this mentality where I'm kind of all in all or nothing and I'll do something and get completely burned out and then I'll move on to the next thing. So like leading up to this, I guess that's kind of what I meant by different is like, I couldn't really figure out what the fuck my purpose was. I couldn't stick with anything. So like, I mean, I had fished professionally. I dropped out of school and played fucking pool all over the place and played on some, you know, semi pro tournaments. Like I always did all this weird shit and I was working at the park board because I thought I was supposed to go to college, I was supposed to get a degree, and I'm making like eleven dollars sixty-seven cents an hour. I remember that, and I'm like, man, I fucking hate this. I'm running after-school programs, watching people's kids, and they're fucking brats. And like, I'm just, you know, we play dodgeball, and that was fun because I get to fucking throw balls at them and shit. But you know what I mean? <laughs> it was like, what am I supposed to do? And then I, I kind of fell in love with with bodybuilding. and went to my first show in 2007. So the next thing I know is, you know, I'm I'm kind of changing my physique and a a position comes open for an Anytime Fitness in Nixon, Missouri. And, you know, I think things kind of work their their way out when you're a passionate person trying to pursue something. I think you make those opportunities. Um, And destiny kind of mixes with that somewhere in the middle. And, you know, I started becoming a trainer part-time and at Anytime Fitness, just helping people because I was getting results in Body for Life. And the owner's name is Monty Pierce, the most important guy I've ever met in my life, hands down. He's he's my mentor to this day. He's the one I bought my gyms from eventually. And, you know, he had a he said, Hey, I'm gonna open another gym in Republic, Missouri. And I said, Hey, I'd like to manage that. So I quit my job and I started managing a gym and I started training people. So, you know, I already kind of had my foot in the door training people, but that's what led me to to really think, all right, this is what I'm passionate about is writing writing diets workouts and helping people and i was doing a lot of one-on-one training in the day so that's that's kind of my story with that and i know you're gonna you're gonna get to a lot of different topics on how we transitioned out and stuff like that so i don't want to go too much into that but i did that from 2007 until 2010 you know jason and i became pretty good friends back then through the message boards and stuff like that And, and i said on one of our podcasts not long ago he's always kind of been like a year ahead of me on most things and you know, he started coaching and we both kind of had the same coach for a while, Mark Roseman, he tipped stuff from the boards. And then I saw him transition and start coaching people. And I was kind of working with people in the gym, but I thought, fuck, I'd like to do what Jason's doing. That's kind of cool. And so he was always kind of one year, one year ahead of me. So I, I, I really watched Jason, what you did for a while. And then of course you were my coach. So I, I learned about how to work with people online and how the email system works. So yeah. anyway, that, that's kind of my story and I'll, I'll, I'll stop there for now.
1: All right, John, this is a safe space. So dead honest question. How many kids did you call the shot on and beam the shit out of just because you wanted to?
0: <laughs> so there's a couple of times I had my arm in a clay because yes. I threw the balls way too fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I had those schools that were like, I didn't have the title one schools, which are like, and that's, I've got like a big heart for kids like that, that struggle and don't have money. And like, right. I didn't have those schools. Thank God. Cause that shit breaks my heart. But I had the schools where kids were complaining because they didn't have their fucking PSP with them in class and (laughs) shit like that. And I'm like, oh, these, I grew up in a trailer. I'm like, these kids are fucking getting it. So, yeah, yeah, we had some fun. uh, We had some fun dodgeball. Wall ball (laughs) was one where they line up against the wall and I get the ball. And I'm like, the last person wins, right? So I just get to sit there and throw balls at them. Of course, nobody got hurt, but. Yeah, it was fun. We'll just put it that way. Yeah, I bet.
1: So for me, it began uh, 2005. I was working for the Department of Homeland Security. I've been doing that for about three years as a federal agent. Spent the first two years traveling. Landed here in Nashville, which is far from my hometown. I couldn't handle uh, any more hours with Homeland Security doing what I was doing because it was accessible. It was the best Uh, leadership example I ever got on how not to be a leader was working for the government. So I picked up the side job uh, training people. This guy harassed me to keep doing it because he saw my workout partners continually get into shape from just training with me. Um, First lady I ever trained, she wanted to look sexy for her 10 year anniversary and wear this piece of lingerie I helped her do that uh, she came swinging picking me up swinging me around I'm not a little guy and I just made me feel good so I knew that that's why I wanted to do so it wasn't long for me I just slowly started building up nighttime clients I think like everyone else did and then kind of like there was a point where it's like well you know I'll figure it out and you just kind of jump so with that being said how I want to unpack this is I want to go with the why so I think that's the most important thing so if you're a coach and you're listening to this and you're going man, I, I don't know if I'm there. I don't I don't really know much about business. I can tell you I have a four-year business management degree. I've not used it really at all in my business. Uh, it has been worthless paper hanging on my wall because what you get when you roll your sleeves up in the trenches dealing with people and building your network is way different than what they taught me in business, business school. So, um, John, I'm going to kick it right back to you. What was your why, man? And how important, if you were, if, so we're talking to new people who might want to be doing this, like coaches up and coming who, who want to know how to do it. What was your why? How did you find it? And what would you advise them to do to find their why?
0: Yeah. So I, I get this question a lot because I do a lot of consults whenever I drive like one hour phone calls with people that want to do what we all do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so my why was different when I was younger because my why was, you know, I almost feel like it was selfish, but I think that's okay. Like when you're trying to really become good at something, great at something, I think you have to be a little selfish. So my why was very selfishly around based around myself. Like I was so obsessed with bodybuilding in the very beginning. My why was to become, which I turned out to be the worst bodybuilder ever of all time, <laughs> was to become a, a very, very good bodybuilder, right? And it, it was it was based around the fact that you get attention. And it was you know when you know when you're late twenties, early thirties, you know that's kind of what I needed anyway. So my why in the beginning was based around that. But once I started to help people, that completely changed. And mm-hmm. I tell people all the time. You know, there, there are athletes out there and, the, and then there are coaches and people always ask me gorman why haven't why haven't you been on stage like it's been exactly 10 years since i've been on stage and i always tell people like that's that's not my fucking why anymore that used to be my why was bodybuilding but now it's not my why is to become you know a great coach and be remembered for that i tell people all the time you don't remember phil jackson's fucking basketball career he played in the nba you don't remember what he fucking did on the basketball court you remember him as a coach and and I try and think of myself in that way, definitely not trying to compare myself to Phil Jackson by any means. I'm just saying people remember coaches for what they do with their athletes and with people, and they don't really remember what they did on the field or, or in their profession, so to speak. So my why is kind of switched over, switched over to that. And then when people ask me about that, I always tell them, I'm like, and this sounds generic and cliche, but it's true. What do you think about when you wake up? And what do you think about when you go to bed? And what are you obsessed about all fucking day? Like, I don't care what the topic is, it's fucking niche. We're a bunch of bodybuilding coaches for fuck's sake. Like our people get up up on stage in a banana hammock and put fake tan on. That's a tiny, tiny, tiny part of the fitness industry. And we're all making fucking six figures plus doing this shit. Or 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 I mean, I'm there's a lot of people we know making way more than that. And you know, some of you guys are too my point is like it doesn't get more niche than that so i don't care what people think they're you know if they think you know it's not big enough that's that's bullshit like it can be super niche and you can make a lot of money you just have to be super passionate about it so that's that's how i tell people how to kind of narrow their why down they're probably already thinking about it all day anyway
1: that's a really good advice i like that jason what about you man speaking of niche that was like your thing with the hormone classes right like it really you know, I want to talk about some revenue streams, you know, if we kind of get there, I have some key things I want to talk about, but that was something that kind of like here this last year, year and a half really kind of put you on the map. It took you from the bikini coach that you're being known as to uh, being, uh, someone who could actually like do some, you know, fix those coaches who were talking shit about you. You were fixing their clients left and right, um, and turning them back around. So, uh, Give a little insight into that man about like your why and how that developed. Like we already know, like, you know, the past and like why you got into it cause you thought you could be good it, you built it up and you knew you could jump. But how did that why evolve for you? Like, and I want to paint the picture of it evolves as a coach. You start with one way and it's, it keeps changing as you move.
3: It through. actually hasn't evolved. It's just been applied differently. So okay. when I got into coaching, it was always, I just liked seeing people succeed where they, they couldn't on their own, but, but the talent was there. Like, that's always cool to me. Um, so that was like always my why. And then basically as I've gotten to, you know, do the hormone classes, it's the same thing, like these people come to you and you know, they can't get it done on their own, you know, they're in a bad situation. And then when you actually give them their life back, you know, that's pretty powerful. So the why has always been the same. It's just, I applied it differently. Cause I saw a need, you know?
1: Sue, what advice would you give based on that to someone who's like sitting there? Cause I know you do a business class, which is usually full every time you've ever done it. So when you have these coaches who come in there who are looking to maybe springboard, how do you talk to them about their why? And what advice do you have for
2: them uh, going
1: through your program?
2: Well, I always say that your why sort of leads into your values and that leads into your brand because each of us has a feel like our brands like Scooby prep first call fitness or team Iron House or John, your coaching business, you know, we all have a certain feel. And that especially because we are entrepreneurs and sole proprietors, or leaders of our teams that trickles down from the top. So your why kind of is the feel for your brand. And so going back to what john said, you know, the thing that you think of, the first thing when you get up and the last thing you go to bed that is like your passion you should sort of like dig into that and be curious about you know how far you can take it and for me excuse me for me when i was working in the in the corporate finance jobs or the reason why i got into corporate for, corporate finance was to make money it was just to make money and the people around me were all making money they all talked about buying nice cars they wanted to buy a rolex one day or they wanted the corner office one day so they could buy this this and this it was all just like conspicuous consumption right for no reason and and what benefit are you really providing to other people by working for a large corporation just pushing numbers around on an excel sheet going to budget meetings and wall street calls right so i wanted to do something that directly impacted another human being so i could feel like i made a positive difference because i was feeling lost i was just another cog in the wheel and i didn't want to be like that i wanted to be different And so that's what got me into wanting to help other people and my love for bodybuilding nutrition, which was dated all the way back to when I was 15, 16 years old, that became the the vehicle in which I would help other people. And that's how I decided that I wanted to get into coaching, get really good at it.
1: I want to keep you because that glow light looks real fucking
2: good on you. Hey, you know, <laughs> would you dare
1: say that there's a leadership evolution that has to take place when you're a part-time uh, coach going to full-time coach? And what was your
2: evolution in leadership to make that switch for yourself? I think, I think the leadership evolution begins with your ego. I think everyone starts a little more egocentric because they want to build something. They want to make a difference. And while you're, you you can spin it in an altruistic way. It's still about you because you think you're like going to be Superman, save the world, right? You're going to be the one that changes everything. Um, So in that sense, I find the leadership to be very egocentric in the beginning, but then you evolve into a more like team focused or client focused leadership style where you're putting the needs and, and values and pain points of other people before yours. So that, the leadership doesn't begin with you. It almost begins with what you see, and that sort of reflects back on you, and then you make your decisions off of that, if that makes any sense.
1: How important would you say leadership is in going from part-time to full-time in terms of your brand?
2: Oh, geez. I mean, I think leadership of, of yourself and having like emotional intelligence um, and being able to self-regulate and control what you put out and control what you, you choose not to put out is very important in terms of building your brand and um, getting others to see clearly the value that you provide and not putting out any noise that could distract from that. And that's very important when you first start building a brand is because you want to get that value out and you want that to shine above like any other noise that could surround that so people can grasp it and then begin engaging with you. And that's how you get clients and customers. It's through engagement. So I think that's very important to, to be focused on.
1: John Gorman, speaking of leadership, <clears throat> would you say that one of the hardest parts of being a coach when you make the transition from part-time to full-time, would be leading yourself to have discipline to desk hours so you can properly filter through what you need to with your clients to stay on the ball? Because the number one complaint we hear about in the fitness industry from coaches or people who hire us is they have coaches who don't hear from they don't hear from for days, you know what I mean? And that's usually the marker to me of a, of a trainer who's part-time or or very amateur. So how in your leadership journey, would you say that that was a pivotal moment for you or or kind of give me how you evolved from being that guy at Springfield and then you started branching out and then becoming the online monster you were, where you started going after Cliff Wilson, you guys had your, the battles of Missouri going on in there.
0: Yeah. So that, that was fun time. So back to one of those things that people complain about with coaches, they don't, they don't hear about him for a long time. I remember when I worked with Jason, one of the key things that was big about him and the word of mouth with Jason was, is like, everybody's like, holy fucking shit. His response time is through the roof. And I always remember that's like 2008, 2009. And I remember that and it stuck with me. Right? So to this day, If I'm sitting here answering emails and I see this just like a little tip and it's this is genuine by the way if I'm sitting here answering emails and I I see them pop up because I have a Mac I'll see one pop up in the top right hand corner if I see that somebody's inquiring about me you know like to use me as a coach I'll finish that email I'm on and I'm gonna go right to them right then and there I'm gonna make sure they have all the information they have enough time so I'm not emailing them back at midnight when I'm trying to catch up on work And I will make the time right then and there to let them know, like, hey, listen, I answer my emails every fucking day. Like, I don't go to sleep with an email in my inbox. I just refuse. Mm -hmm. And I've Mm -hmm. got friends that I'm really close with, too. Like, they're close friends. And I'll email them, and I won't hear back for two or three fucking days. And I'm like, dude, if you can't even get a hold of me in two or three fucking days, you're sucking with your clients. And that's just – so, I. to me, I'm a competitive person. So, I know it's an advantage over them. Like, I just know that it's And and I will always, 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 always take that advantage over them. And the other thing you talk about being organized, like this is my book here. You guys can see it. Like this is my to-do list every day. I've got certain things written down and I don't go to bed unless that shit's checked off. So I make sure I stay organized that way. I mean, if you think about all the stuff that we're all involved in, I mean, I've got a supplement company now. Jason and I have the Elite Physique University seminar that – I'm getting emails right now, pop up in front of me. Like people are buying tickets. Like you've got all these moving parts. You have to be, you have to be disciplined. So there are a lot of athletes out there that think because they're decent bodybuilders, they have a decent physique. They have the chops. They have what it takes to become a coach and you're great in the gym and you're great with your own shit, but you can't run a fucking business. And I, I love, that's my competitive side because I'll never be competitive on stage, but I will punch people in the throat when it comes to business. And that's, that's what I think separates people uh, and we all have that because we're all organized. I guarantee if I send somebody an email, you guys are going to answer it tonight, uh, probably within an hour or two. So it's just an, it's just an advantage to have. So that's, that's how I stay disciplined because to me, Jeff, it's a, uh, it's a competitive thing with the other coaches
1: hundred percent. The discipline to the desk I've noticed is the big difference for people being like sub $50,000 a year trainers and those who manage to get past six figures. Yep. I watch that with my gym, with my coaches, and I can point it out to you right away. If I shoot him a text and I don't hear back from him for like 11, 12 hours, I'm like, oh, that means I could get it. You know what I mean? Like winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yep. Jason, I want to touch with you for a minute. Like we're going to touch hands through Zamish because I feel like I want to. <laughs> yeah, you look. Good. So me and you, we're John Maxwell fans. We talk about leadership often. So there are the five levels. Level 1 is position, level 2 is permission, level 3 is production, level 4 is people development and level 5 is personhood. So when you began coaching, you you know everyone's position one like level 1, you know you're going through position and you went through really fast. Now, where you're at with how many coaches that have spawned out from underneath you? How would you say that journey has been in terms of the amount of work you had to do on yourself with your own leadership to be able to climb through those, uh, climb the ladder and get through those hoops to be able to keep doing what you're doing and refine that process?
3: Well, you know, for me personally, my leadership style is, is more kind of lead by example. Like I've always been that way. Um, you know, a lot of times in my sports teams, um, I was the one who would get picked to be a team captain. And I wasn't really that team captain that was going to yell at people, um, jump up and down. I just, you know, try to play hard and, and do everything to the best of your abilities. And that's kind of how I lead now. And it's always kind of filtered through for me. So I, I, I don't want to say that I haven't had to change, but at the same time, I don't know if I've reflected on leadership as much as other people. I just lead by example. That's all I know how to do. And and by doing that, over time, it's got me to where I'm at. Like, I don't know that there's anything deeper than the way I lead than to do it by by example.
1: And that's the most powerful way. And I think most people, they get caught up that leadership's a sexy topic. And I'm like... Dude, nine out, of nine, times, nine out of 10 of it is just showing up and being who yep. you are daily, having your principles and having your values. You know, your principles, your compass, and the yep. values is kind of like, you know, the way the seas are going and what you're trying to accomplish. If you're a coach or you're just a regular listener and you're interested in learning more about leadership, there's a great book. It's one of my pillar books that I recommend to all coaches. It's called Developing the Leader Within You by John Maxwell. That is what will help you go from a trainer, which is positional leadership, to a coach, which is permission leadership um now i want to turn it to punch you in your throat john gorman business let's get on finances for a minute man um so what point do you think with i want to talk about like savings Was there like a dollar amount that you had to have saved up before you made the jump? Where were you at as far as comfort of finances? Or were you just kind of like me and like, ah, fuck it. I got like a month saved up. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Like nothing else. Because we all have our own little ways about finances, all four of us. So I wanted to kind of get everyone's little take on that. And any advice you had for a coach, would it be like, hey, you need to figure out you need to have this many clients at this dollar amount before you jump this amount in your savings, you know, maximizing your revenue streams. What are your revenues? your stream is going to be sponsorships gyms
3: etc
0: yeah no this this is a great question and whenever i help like i said I, I do a lot of this to help people kind of make that transition that have four or five clients and they want to do what we all do and and i answer it differently from them based on what i do because you know we're all built a little bit differently so i'll, I'll just tell you guys what i do and it's kind of the same thing i did with a supplement company and speaking like you know all that shit the physique summit I just fucking do it. And I just, I just know that it's going to work. Um, I can see it happening if that makes sense. And that's not arrogance or anything like that. I'm just an all in type person. So whenever I was, whenever I had my clients, I knew, so it was 2010, you know, I, I had some money saved up. I had enough, but people were coming on board. I had, I don't know. I went from like four clients to like 20 in like two months and I started to see the money that I was making and I had people just keep, they just wanted to keep coming and keep coming. And it was just one of those things. I could just see it organically. And maybe that that was from watching guys like Jason and Lane and like everybody else was starting to kind of get a, a large clientele built up. And I felt like I was pretty good at it, you know, and I knew I still had a lot to learn and I was humble. So I just jumped in. I said, fuck it. Now I was making $35,000 a year running the gym, which like I said, it's not like where Sue lives where you're going to starve if you make that much money here in Springfield, Missouri, it's kind of like Kentucky where you're at Jason. Like that's, you can live like you can survive on that. You get
3: a $700 apartment. That's actually pretty decent. And you got plenty to, you know, if you're not a dumbass. you can go out. I was living in 600 bucks a month.
1: Yeah. Not not Sue's $2,000 shithole up there in
0: Massachusetts. (laughs) 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 So, I mean, I, I, I knew, you know, I was making, you know, at that point I was bringing in like, I don't know, fucking four or five grand a month for a while. And I just knew I could do it. So I had a little bit of money saved up and I just jumped in and I just went because I knew, well, worst case is I can just go get a fucking job somewhere, but I didn't even worry about it. And that's just kind of the type of person I am. It's the same with the supplements. Like I dropped a bunch of money to, to start the supplement line and I knew that it would be okay. And I could just see it kind of happening. But I don't recommend that for everybody because there some people have fear I just I just don't have a lot of it and that can be a bad thing so what I tell other people to do is like listen, make sure you have enough do it the smart fucking way probably what Jeff would would tell everybody Sue, make sure you have six months of money saved up in your account to where if you had to live off money you've got six months saved up and you have that worth it. Uh, ready. And then, you know, whenever you make that switch, if things don't work out, you've got a backup plan. But I also tell people, you don't, you don't want to go in with five clients and quit your job and try and make a full-time living. You need to do it the way that I did it. And I got to the point to where I couldn't do both jobs at once. My job at the gym was suffering and I didn't want my job as a coach suffer because that's what my true passion was. So I was, I was good to Monty, my mentor at the time. And I said, Hey, I, I can't continue to do both jobs. So I gave a 60-day notice and that's when I switched over. And what I also noticed is whenever I switched over, I was able to go in whole hog, 110%. And I really tripled down then and that's when it's really started growing. So if people think about it that way, once you can get behind the, out of the nine to five, you can really just push hard. I mean, shit, Jason, you you were a, a lawyer for so long and you held both, like you held both for a long time. But, I mean, even you, like, look how much your shit just exploded because you were able just to just yeah, drill down just clients. Yep. 100%.
1: That's a damn good answer. Sue, I remember you sitting on my couch back in September of 2019 after that horrendous leg workout that Austin Stout and I <laughs> brutally put your CNS through. Um, and you were talking about how the roller coaster is with clients. You know, you get up to like a hundred, and one day yeah. you wake up and you're down to sixty-five, and then the next yeah. day you're back up to eighty-two. So knowing what you know now, as far as because you scaled and ramped and flew off like a seven forty-seven when you kicked yep. off your business, compared to I think mine and and everyone else's who were kind of steady builds that stayed up, you've managed to go like a roller coaster up, down, all around. So. What advice would you impart on a new coach who's considering leaving their job for a full time, knowing what you know now about how really rocky of a road it is? Oh,
2: geez. Well, first of all, know that when you have a cushy, you know, six figure corporate job, there are leaders there that are, you know, at the helm making decisions and to keep the company afloat. And you have a 401k, you have, you know, your health insurance covered and all that stuff. And while the nine to five may feel like a cage, it's a pretty safe cage. That's why people stay in it. But once you are outside of that cage, you are the captain of your own ship. You're flying the plane. So if your altitude meter breaks, goes out of control, you go to a nosedive, guess who has to pull you out before you crash? You. So that's the risk you take. And I knew that. Coming out of corporate financing, going into my own, you know, owning First Class Fitness, and so that's one of the reasons why I went back and I got my MBA, because I wanted something in my back pocket just in case. But um, I basically made the made the switch, and I just went from you know my job, I quit my job, actually moved back home with my parents when I was attending. Um, did you, didn't you bag groceries or something too? Yeah, I did. I bag groceries. I
3: mean, that's humbling. I,
2: and I remember this is something that I want you guys to listen to. I remember one night when I was bagging groceries and work, working in the hot food section of a grocery store, you know, putting the rotisserie chickens on their spits.
3: And this is already after a degree with from Bentley.
2: Yeah. Right? So,
3: I'm just painting the picture.
2: Yep. And so I, I humbled myself and because I wasn't making any money, you know, I had some money saved up, but you know, I was living at home. I was going to school and all that stuff. And so, um, you know, I had a, 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 fr- a, a, a former classmate of mine from high school, his mom came in and saw me working at the hot foods bar and said, oh, so this is what you're doing now, huh? And then she proceeded to tell me about how her, her son went to this grad school and is now a teacher and all this stuff and how her children are doing so well. And she said, oh, it's nice to see you. And I was like fuming inside and also like in tears at the same time. I was like, fuck, I really don't want to be here right now. And then I was just like, wait until you see me like two three years from now. I'll make you fucking eat your words. And uh, I remembered that and that fueled me. But, um, you know, going back to the question about ups and downs, I just went for it. And I was just like, listen, I'm either going to succeed or I'm going to be fucking 35 years old and still living with my parents and be a fucking loser. And luckily I succeeded, but I worked my ass off and I created my own luck. But we can talk about that more later on.
1: I think it's important to point out that the four of us are like the four horsemen. We all have
2: an ax to grind.
1: Like I bet there's a point that each of us could kind of look and be like, someone said something to us. And we're like, fuck you. I am running the score up on you and you're just going to watch. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of like, there's that, there's a uh, mentality there. Jason, you, you know, you've played it safe compared to every you know, yeah. the us three, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to a new coach on their finances jumping out of the gate?
3: You know, Um, I I still think if you have income and you can work a job and do your coaching well, I mean, I was doing mine at night after being a lawyer all day, I'd go train and then I'd come home and sit at my kitchen table till midnight or 1am. And if you can do both so that you don't have to be stressed, then do it. That's my opinion um i never had a want for anything i had a six figure legal job and i'll just tell you i was at 300k before i even decided to quit um that legal job and you know that's me though i sent an email to john meadows and said man john i know you got out of banking you were making six figures how much were you making and i hope he doesn't mind me sharing this but he sent he literally opened up his spreadsheets and sent me the picture and he was at 274k And so I said, well, I'm, I'm beyond that. And he's like, it's time to jump brother. And so, you know, that was kind of cool, but I think honestly, if you can work and have some sort, because here's the thing, you don't want to be that coach who goes in and starts going, I'm discounting my rates 75 bucks this month. Um, You know, I've only got five slots left. Bullshit. You got like (laughs) 35 slots left. You don't even have two clients. Like you don't want to be that person. Um, You don't want to devalue your info. So Look, I I just have a different take on it. Um, If you can have some other steady income, even if it's a part-time job, do it. Because like I said, I was running the law department for $50 million of companies and still able to put out a good product because by the time I quit, I was well known in the coaching field to put out a good product. So I was doing both. And so if you really want to make it and you want to have a really good business and you don't want to feel stressed, get a part-time job. It's not that hard.
1: All right. Well, we're rounding down to our final three questions. I want to, uh, I think I, well, there it is. I can hear myself now again Hmm. and I'm not even high. All right. So I
2: wanted, (laughs) I wanted to Hold on one second. I want, I want to reiterate something to people listening real quick. No, I'm
1: not holding. No, just go ahead. (laughs)
2: Listen, all of us. Okay. Had some way of ensuring our success that we, we wouldn't free fall to our deaths. Okay. Like yeah. Jason said, he he held on to a very, very lucrative, high paying, secure job, okay? You know, Jeff and, and, and John both had jobs. You know, I had my MBA to fall back on. I had, you know, thankfully my parents allowed me to live with them for two years while I was in school. Um, we all had our own guarantees, our safeguards, okay? So while, you know, like for myself, I took a riskier move. I was like, fuck it, sink or swim, you know? but I could still fall back on my MBA if I needed it. Okay. So always have something that will at least put food on your table before you go out and decide to pursue your passions. Just play it smart. You know,
1: I agree. John strengths and weaknesses. That's something that that we net, that you never really hear coaches talk about when it comes to their business. Because you could be a great coach and get someone to follow your programs and so forth. But, but balancing your strengths and weaknesses in terms of growing a business, how did you do that? And give me an idea of what some of your strengths and some of your weaknesses are and how you kind of managed to, to get that plane to fly at the altitude, Sue said, so you don't free fall.
0: Yeah, man. So it's, it's something that's where I think everybody really needs to understand their DNA Top to bottom, like you have to be able to look yourself in the mirror, be honest with what you're good at and what you suck at. So early on, like I can just, well, it doesn't matter. There's all kinds of strengths and weaknesses. I can give you an idea of whatever it comes to work. Like, you know, you mentioned we all kind of had an ax to grind. Like I've got this very large chip on my shoulder, like that trailer park I grew up in that motherfucker still sits right here. Right. So using the ability to just work fucking harder, drink these and stay up all fucking night and work harder. If I think I have to do that to become better than another coach out there or something at some point in the beginning that drove me and and it was Cliff Wilson for a long time Um, or, or another coach knows more than me. I don't necessarily hate him, but it drives me. So when Jason started to come out with more of the hormone based talks and stuff like that, I'm like... I need to step my fucking game up because this is the next level. This is where we're going, and you guys talk about it on your podcast as well. So it's it's I have that ability to just work extremely fucking hard, and a lot of people they're not going to put those kind of hours in. It, it they hate it. So you have to be you have to be you have to be you have to be honest to be honest with you that a little bit more. Um, but whenever it comes to weaknesses, there's a lot of shit that I'm not good at that I don't try and do. Like when it comes to making graphics? Or or am I trying to look like fucking, you know, the next model on Instagram, like I don't try and become something I'm not, I just triple down on the shit that I'm good at. And that's just hard work, putting out good information and taking care of my clients. And that's, I've just kind of built my my business on that. I mean, it's it's what drives me. It's what I know I'm better at than a lot of other people. And that's, that's what gets my dick hard, so to speak, is I, I know I can concentrate on my strengths. Yeah, tell me I think the rest that, of the question, that, man. I'm old. So you gotta tell me. If it's <laughs> like a two or three part question, dude. You gotta like you gotta
1: Listen, I like listen, to throw like multiple to throw depth m- things so we could go down a box and just keep going. Um no, but what would you say real quick that was one of your weaknesses that you had
0: to work through early on? Um ego, man. Like ego is definitely Sue, you brought up ego. Um With that large chip on your shoulder comes issues with ego and it was one of those things that you know i think it changes with age for not everybody but with me um it changed with age so i was able to not make everything about me as much as what i figured out was i started making way more money things started exploding getting way better when i stopped making everything about how can i become a more successful coach how can i how can i get more attention like all that kind of stuff and i started making about how can i just make sure i'm taking care of my clients better than everybody then then yep. you know what i'm saying like that then i became a better coach how can i admit that jason fucking 2 years ago knows and still does knows more about hormones and blood works and how the system of the body works if if my ego is too big I mean, here's the thing. Jason and I are putting on this elite physique university seminar. You know how many fucking coaches in the area will not attend because they won't admit that they need to know that information. That's ego. And that in the beginning was bad for me. And once I let that shit go, I started opening my mind up to all these different ways that you could diet and train and do all this different shit. And when I did that, it was a game changer. And I still have an issue with ego. Like, dude, I've got issues with fucking first form. Let's not lie. Like I've got I've got shit over there. Yeah, it gets a little salty. I can tell. Don't don't think there's not fucking, you know what I'm saying? There's an axe to grind, but I have to check that because that's not necessarily a healthy thing. So it, it's a it's a balanced thing. You know, it's my it's my podcast. I can say that shit if I want to. You know what I mean? But it's well, it's the tonight truth. It's People mine, are, motherfucker. That is true. That <laughs> <It> is true. <laughs> Um,
1: Jason, biggest, uh, what was the hardest weakness for you to overcome and how did you over, how did you work through that? Because, you know, you're like grand Mac daddy of us all. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, your strengths are pretty bulletproof. You, you got a good head on your shoulders, good background. Uh, I think everyone knows your strengths, you know, ability to learn a topic and be able to regurgitate it in a way that 95% of people who listen to you are able to understand and apply. But what were your some of your weaknesses that you've had to work through to grow the seven figure machine that you have in all the rev in all the businesses that
3: you have? Right. right. Um, well, you know, I know one of my big, biggest weaknesses, and I still work on it, um, but it's just kind of who I am. Like, is my bluntness um, with clients. You know, um, Jeff's smiling. Um,
1: I've been there before. I remember you at I six know. weeks out. I remember. I still <laughs> um, know about
3: it. And so I always am where I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be better about it, but you know, I get a lot of people say, look, that's what I need. I appreciate that. Like it stings at first, but that's what I need. But at the same time, like as a coach, I have to be able to adapt my style. Um, and I'm, and I've worked on it and I have improved to, you know, those people who come to me that don't appreciate bluntness. Um, you know, I, I played a lot of sports growing up and most of my coaches were just to the point, man, that's just the kind of people I played for. And, um, it kind of carries over into my coaching. And it is something I'm still working on to this day. And then I, another weakness of mine is I just I'll work myself too thin. Um, if someone comes in and like their story is just heartbreaking. And even though I'm like, I'm on a hold, I'll be like, ah, fuck it. I know I can fix you. And, you know, so that tends to sometimes put me up against the eight ball. And then I'm always feeling rushed and stressed. So I'm working on that where like, at least this year, I created a waitlist and i've never done that i've always just been like let's roll you know and it got to the point where man i just couldn't catch up i always felt like a salmon like swimming upstream and so those are like two big weaknesses that i've been working on and i'm sure there's many others but those are the ones that i'm still working on and trying to improve um as i go forward as a coach
1: yeah, I also want everyone to take away something. You're hearing four people tell you that about 70 hour work weeks is kind of the normal yep. to be able to. Every day. Expect, there's nothing to
3: do. I don't work.
1: Yeah. But yeah. You know, you're always doing something, whether it's. Reply, I'm at my
3: desk reply. Saturday morning and Sunday morning, uh, at least yep. by three or four hours. So, and, then, yep. and then you get to enjoy the day. And that doesn't mean emails don't stop coming in. Like by Saturday night, there's more. Yep. Uh,
1: yep. So that's just part of it when you go to become your own boss. You know, that you get freedom yep. to be able to pick when you do that. that. But it's a workhorse, you know, that you've got to continually put into if you want to be recognized as one of the best. Sue, I want to turn to my next question. I got one that's I think going to be a great way to finish this uh, podcast up. But I'm gonna give you the lame duck one beforehand. But uh, how important do you think that content creation and marketing is as a new coach when you're coming out?
2: Oh, geez. Wow. This is something that um, if anyone follows me on Facebook or Instagram, content creation and marketing is something that I view as a 24 7 machine. You have to have a channel basically that is on 24 7, whether people are watching you or not. And you want to get it to a point where people know that if they choose to watch you, the content is there. So you can build trust and familiarity. And then you can start getting conversations going and engaging with potential customers. But when you are a new coach, I see a lot of new coaches do this, okay? They just did a show, okay? and they may have done really well, or they've done several shows, but they post a picture of themselves in their trunks or their bikini and says, now taking on nutrition clients, offering customized diets, customized this and that. I mean, like what isn't customized if you're a good coach, right? And it's like, email me at something, something, something.yahoo.com. Um, new clients, you know, only accepting five clients. You gotta be serious. Um, I see that shit all the time on Facebook and I just laugh. I hate that I fucking see- shit. Because Stop
1: putting serious inquiries only. It's stupid.
2: Yeah. Here's the thing, because I don't know you. Okay, great. You're shredded. You got shredded for a show, but does, you know, so-and-so with type two diabetes that needs to lose 30 pounds, does he really care that you have shredded glutes? No. So when you're a new coach, you have to focus on what knowledge and value you can provide to your potential customers and to know your potential customers is to know yourself first your values and your brand and what you want to offer to the industry and how you want to differentiate amongst other players within the industry already. And then you target your customers, put out knowledge, and you need to empathize with your customers first. So put yourself in the shoes of, you know, 45 year old, like, you know, Karen, who has three kids, who devoted her entire life to a corporate job, is perimenopausal, wants to lose 50 pounds, and she struggled all her life to do it and she just can't find someone to help her. Get into her mindset and make a, make a post or make an Instagram video or something that speaks to something that she can identify with. And then she can be like, wow, this person knows me. This person knows how I feel. This person is offering information that I can use on my own. And you keep doing that over time. These people will start liking your posts, commenting. You get a dialogue going. They may even DM you. Then you get a conversation going. And you get engagement. That's how you get a client. Yep.
3: He's it's very right.
2: important.
1: Yep. Right. And then um, John or Jason, you guys want to chime in on that?
0: I do actually real go quick if it. you don't mind. Yeah, go for uh, it No, it, Before I fucking forget because I'm old and I'll probably lose it. So um, one thing that I do want to comment on, and this is something I help a lot of young new coaches with is, yeah, everything Jeff just said is, is to the point, but here's the mistake I see some people make. Most young people are are here, you know, they're on Instagram or Facebook, and they're trying to put so much time and effort into putting out so much content to scale their business and to get new clients that they forget the number one fucking way to grow your business and scale clients is your customer service and getting your clients results. So they give you word of mouth referrals. It beats everything hands down. Yeah, it's it's it like I've got, I don't know, four new clients this week, I think, and they all came from the same girl that referred them that just got doing done doing a show with me. And I mean, that's four clients in a week that one girl did because I took such good care of her and went above and beyond. But that when you do that with every client, you know, that's how you scale your business. We could throw Instagram and Facebook in the trash right now, and all four of us right now could just go train people, no social, and they would spread word of mouth. We'd all make a full-time living with people right. and stay full. Yep. And if people have that mentality, they'll scale their business. But a lot of young people, all they understand is the, is the social media era because this is what they're growing up with. And they don't understand word of mouth trumps that shit like 10 times over. Like it's way more important.
1: Yeah, no, I agree because I love it when a client comes to me or from another client because they know what to expect. So they're so much easier to just coach them through the process because they're aware of your offense that you run. You know, they've heard the great things you said, they know that you're a coach at heart. So it's, it's just an easier sale. You don't have to spend but five, 10 minutes on the phone with them, fire them up and then and then get their paperwork and go cranking. Jason, you take a little bit of a uh, of a, well, I guess a papa status when it comes mm-hmm. to content marketing, you just very Manila, you just post it and just move on, you don't really enhance it. Nope. Uh, with any marketing ads or anything like that it's just straight forth word of mouth would you say that that is the one thing that coaches need to focus on is th- is growing that word of mouth if they're going to do it through ig and facebook like you did making sure rather than just putting out content every day putting out good content 100%. every day like sue said that resonates
3: yeah uh 100 um yeah i'm not the kind of person that i don't have scheduling so i don't come up with some bullshit post that I really didn't want to post because my alarm went off of my phone and said it's Thursday I have to talk about something nutrition if people do that it's great but I've never done it um I literally put out info that I know is good it'll be hard-hitting people will want to hear it but it might not be every day um and I think that that's me though I think you have to be authentic like you have to put out good info but stay authentic um one of the best compliments I get is what I, the way I am on my Instagram and my social—that's how I am when people meet me. And so, you know, if you can be that way and deliver good info, it's always worked for me. And I've never had a scheduling where I've forced information um, ever. And, and that's just how I've I've worked it, and it's it's worked well for me. If, if
0: you guys don't mind, I want to add one thing to that real quick. So if if you go and look at Jason's posts or or I know Jay, you and I are just very similar. Like I know both of our posts. There's a lot of just storytelling in there and it's nice, quick, and short. You might post a picture of Megan. Um, she's, you know, getting ready to do that show with you. I'm getting ready to make a post of a client of mine where it's a, it's a picture side by side where I, I took pictures in the morning and I took them at night and I wanted to compare if he looked better with or without water in him. And it's going to be a real quick short post and it gets the point across and it's not this thing that's all planned out to be fucking perfect. And like, you know over filtered and all this different shit but your storytelling so right my post jason's post and you guys do the same thing we're, we're giving a little bit of information we're showing how we do our job and that that is more important because you're storytelling yourself as a coach and i tell people all the time if you're a trainer or coach and your friends go and hire another trainer or coach you didn't do a very good job of storytelling or showing people on social this is what you do for a fucking living um, but the short, the post can be short and sweet. I mean, go, go look at Jason's IG right now. You've probably got a picture of a client up. You've probably put a few things on here and talked about how you fix gut health. Three quick steps, and it's just like one thing real quick, and it just over and over and over again. People understand if they need to fix their fucking gut health, Jason's the guy to go look at. And it's just short storytelling. It's that simple.
3: Exactly.
1: 100%. Um, Double down
3: f- and triple down on what you're good at.
1: Yep. I'm going to say one thing before we wrap up with my final question. Um, anyone who knows me or follows me knows I love reading and um, I have a continuing education day and it started with an hour, one day a week. And I would sit down and force myself to study a topic. And if I didn't feel like I mastered it, I would keep going until like it's hard to run across someone in the street and they were to ask me about it. I would be able to talk about it to them. I also write, if I learn something new, I'll write about it because it helps cement it. I'll go talk to people at the gym and so forth. So in a lot of my ways over the past two years of reading all the books I do, I've read a lot of leadership and business books, but there's a saying that sticks out in multiple of them. And it is your network determines your net worth. So my final question is gonna be, if your advice to new coaches on where to start to build their network, because we can all agree that us knowing each other has been great because we've got to yep. meet other coaches and really branch out and really kind of see well, stuff. So I mean, look at, we'll look turn look, that to I mean, you.
3: That's how, the, that's how this podcast came about. Correct. Us, yeah. meeting. Like, you know, th- those are your networks.
1: Right. And you would say like the advice would be to coaches, not don't be shy. Talk to other coaches. Like oh, Sue's yeah. Saying, like, yeah. Like you like saying, you know,
3: the whole. I'm thing. answering it. Yeah. Like, so, you know, all these like different seminars and things like go like, you know, John holds his, we, we have ours. There's other ones. There's Nutridyne has seminars, like go and meet people like from, you know, like if you go to a Nutridyne, you're going to be a totally different person than if you go to like one of our seminars, go meet and, and grow your network because you know, like when I did my Nutridyne ones, I've gotten connects from that. I I've gotten supplement connects. I've gotten, you know, all kinds of different, you know, things and, and know people now on different sides our manufacturers go to, you know, the PEC, um, the physique summit, you're going to meet people that are like-minded like you. And like, maybe one day you guys start a podcast, maybe one day you guys start a supplement company. It's, it all snowballs and your net, your, your network is extremely important in this field. I still have coaches who recommend me because they don't do hormonal work. You know, and if they didn't, if I hadn't sat and talked to them, probably answered a question for them a time or two for free, they probably wouldn't do that. So expand your network, always be willing to help other people that are coaches, you know, their competitors don't, I've always helped anyone who's asked me anything. Who's a coach, like, you know, all, you know, all you guys sitting there got into it later than me. And I, I've always helped. And I think that the more good you put out, the more good you get back.
1: So. 100%. Sue, parting advice to new coaches want to expand their network.
2: Um, I would agree with Jason. I just want to add one thing. So yes, help people give your time, especially when you're starting out. You're going to have to give more of your time um, to get your name out there and prove your worth to people, prove your value. Um, definitely build your network, engage with people who engage with you. You know, Give people, You know, give back to people, right? If they engage with you, give back to them. The one thing I would add is know your boundaries though okay don't allow people to take too much from you and devalue you okay so if someone is constantly you know one person or two people whatever right are constantly asking you for this and the requests get increasingly and increasingly um more in depth don't be afraid to say no and say hey listen i'd love to help you but let's set up an official consult or something You know, and, and that way you can get something back for your, for your value. Um, So just, just have a boundary. Everyone's boundary is going to be different, but know your worth. Okay. Like put it out there, but also know that you're valuable and, um, you know, allow people to know that there's a line and that they need to respect that. 100%
1: 100% that's really good advice I know that uh, that's a hard one for me to personally do because I have a natural servant heart I want to always just keep giving 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 and then sometimes I'm like fuck open up the book I told you to read four times you know what I mean um, John I'm gonna let you carry this one out before I wrap this podcast up so go ahead and get on your saddle buddy and let's bucket it on in
0: you know Jason brought up the good point about seminars and conferences and stuff like that and I I want to reiterate that, but I want to tell people, I want to give you an example of just how impactful going to those can be, because here's the thing. We named three of them, four of them, actually, you know, you guys have the PEC, the Physique Education Collective. I've got the Physique Summit. Um, You guys have all been to that as well. And we've got the Elite Physique University Seminar, shameless plug for that, but it's coming up. It'll be in the show notes. And, you know, NutriDine conferences and all this other thing, a lot of people hear about conferences, and they think they look at the ticket price, they think about traveling, they think about going to a hotel, they've got flight, and they think about it from a money perspective. But here's, let me just give you an example with me and why it was so important. In 2014, I went to my very, very first scientific conference. It was an ISSN conference at University of Tampa, and it was all about physique enhancement. Jacob Wilson was there. He was running the Human Performance Lab doing all this great shit ben pokolsky was there to speak brad schoenfeld and i went there and that that's also when my ego started to go out the door we talked about earlier and all i wanted to do was just learn so much because these guys knew way more than i did but what happened is is i met so many people there that was that above and beyond was worth more than what i ever learned and whenever i was sitting there with leslie at the conference and I watched them speak, it also lit a fire under me. And I told her because she knows the way I'm built. Like, if I want to do something, I'm just I'm just gonna dig in and do it. I said, I'm gonna fucking speak at an ISSN conference someday. Like, I don't I don't have the degree for it, but I'm going to fucking do it. And what that led to was that led to me starting the physique summit with Cliff Wilson. And then finally in 2017, I was able to go speak at the ISSN annual conference as a fucking half-bro coach to a bunch of researchers. And my point with that is, you'll never, ever be able to get better. You'll never be able to meet people that know more than you do if you just try and fucking interact through social media and the people that you know around you. So to me, that conference, that's a huge fucking turning point for me because without the Physique Summit, I mean, shit, Jason and I probably aren't doing this podcast. Guys, we probably don't meet without the Physique Summit. We probably know each other through social, but I don't know you guys because you all came to that. Um, I mean, it's just one of those things. It, it opens huge, huge doors and I just can't emphasize it enough. Go attend and meet people. It's, you never know. It can be a life-changing deal. And it was for me.
3: 100%.
0: Yeah.
1: What a way to round that out. That's great advice. So I want to get to round out with the five points. Number one is you got to find your why. Number two, it's you got to learn to lead yourself because you're going to be leading others and eventually you're going to lead a business, which means you got to constantly be refining and getting better. And that means doing deep work on yourself. Number three it's finances. Have a plan, one that you're safe, one that you have a fallback on and one that you can hit the gas when you need to to gain ground when others can't. Number four, be your strengths and weaknesses. Be honest. Ask those closest to you what am I good at? What do I suck at? And if you're growing higher to your weaknesses, don't worry about making those things better. Higher to your weaknesses, exploit your strengths, keep hitting the gas. And the last one is your network. That's wild. That's big. It's huge. It's important you guys can interact with me all day during social media and that's cool. But when I meet people and I get to like hear something like really unique about them, it makes me like, like them, fall in love with them a little bit more and want to continue developing that relationship. And uh, you guys heard the advice of four coaches who all have multiple income streams, who are all doing very well, who work 70 plus hours a week because we love helping others. And you all have seminars because we want to give back to our community in terms of leadership, education, and networking with each other to make this industry better than what it can or better what it is and allow for a better future for the coaches coming up. Um, little show notes to wrap up. We have the Elite Physique University Seminar. That is September 12th and 13th. Six lectures, two Q&As, and one Jeff Black on LSD because I will be there. Uh, um, I look forward to uh, seeing you guys. uh, Oh, yeah. Um, I might just pop in one of those Q and A's and just kind of just be like, sure, whatever drug questions I'll take. Them. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, take the burden off you uh, off you a uh, clean, clean cut gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the um, PEC seminar that is October 16th to 17th in Denver.
3: Uh, we have received
1: three. Um PowerPoints from coaches. So we're inviting three coaches to join us to speak Friday night. If you can make it out to Denver, you guys get a chance to speak. This is our giving giving back. We want coaches to showcase their brand, stop feeling that imposter syndrome. Get to this your is computer. a huge opportunity. Yeah, it's huge. It's what we're talking huge. about. The I mean you're gonna be able to
3: video this and you're speaking and it's gonna be on your Instagram. Yep, you're gonna I mean, be able to do huge. a bunch of stuff. It pushes you up in terms of authority, one hundred percent
1: exactly so we the four of us are collectively giving people many different routes to be able to exploit growing your business and really become a coaching brand that you could be proud of and force this you know to be reckoned with in all honesty in business but otherwise gentlemen i really appreciate it tonight john i smoked your ass when it came to hosting the show i just want to
3: know. i got <laughs> now a whole john's more- going to be pissed my- now he's going to have to take at, over again look <laughs> at my notes look at my
1: notes so good god God, it was great though. I really appreciate the opportunity <laughs> to be here. I know Jeffrey Sue, uh, me and Jeff, were really looking forward to doing this because it's great that we can collaborate and show the other coaches that collaboration is how you really yep. go far in this industry, not sitting on your own island going, fuck that guy, yep. um, but rather working together in the trenches. And this one was fun and I hope everyone took something away from it and be sure to share it if you guys liked it and let's get some party started. Have yourself a great night. Thanks for tuning in See to- here thank you Z- thank university God.